Welcome to Loud and Proud Orlando, everyone. It's Monday, February the 27th, 8.38 p.m. Thank you so much for being live with us. We're about 13 people live right now. Thank you so much for your support. Um, before uh, I start and I present everyone here, obviously the whole panel, I wanted to encourage everyone to keep subscribing to our uh, YouTube channel. We're live right now on all of, on of our outlets, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, um, you can search us as Loud and Proud Orlando or LP underscore podcast. And also we're live right now on YouTube. Thank you so much. Drop us a, a thumbs up. Uh, and also uh, you can leave your comments. Um, and also we join our Discord server. We have a Discord server available. If you want to talk, uh, find out what we're doing during the day uh, covering OCSC, uh, Orlando Pride or OCB. Uh, feel free to always reach out. Our Discord server is on the comment box. It's linked right there. It's free to join. So feel free to go ahead and uh, join the Purple community. Uh, before we start, I want to congratulate Orlando City uh, with a win, undefeated uh, home season opener um, against uh, New York Red Bulls, tough opponent. Um, we'll dive in into the first half of Orlando, which um, I did ask Oscar Pareja uh, of what occurred. Only one shot on goal. Uh, we'll dive in and all, all, all into that. Um, some of the issues from last season, uh, we're still trying to overcome those, but there's a, a lot of hope. And uh, then we'll dive in into presenting our, our guest today, uh, Laurel from uh, Queen City Press, uh, Cincinnati. She's going to be uh, talking with us all about FC Cincinnati, um, how, how their form is, coming to the game, uh, what can we expect from Cincinnati, and uh, also... We're going to show our appreciation to and kind of tell a little bit about what she they need to expect about uh, Orlando City as well. So uh, welcome, Laura. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. And my last name, I I should have told you before we got on here, it's pronounced Baylor. Baylor. Yeah. There you go. I didn't want to, I didn't want to botch it. So I could I tell you were holding back. Yeah. You were thinking about it, but. Yeah, I, I didn't want to botch it. Yeah. So. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, we, we, we appreciate you having you. And uh, it's definitely going to be a great convo. If you're actually listening to this right now, um, her McQueen City Press info, it's going to be on the description on all of our Spotify and Apple podcast uh, accounts. You guys can check her out. Also, her Twitter will be on there. So, guys, uh, if you want to keep in touch with Laurel, uh, all her info will be there as well. Uh, Paola, how are you? How was how um the wind? <laughs> Fantastic. I was scared a little bit, but the boys deliver the three points and that's what it matters. So um, looking forward for this episode of how we did and what to expect on Saturday. So I'm happy. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday. What's up, John? How you doing, my friend? Good, man. Always good to start a win and three points. You know, there were some minuses. We'll talk about those. But uh, the plus three points, a home opener That's what you want. Sure. You know, let's let's read some comments real quick. Uh, Joshua Tall says, uh, Galese played great. I am happy with the win, but I thought that there should have been two penalties for Orlando City. It says, uh, not great from us, says Banjo. Happy to see some good performances from El Pulpo, Holiday, and Enrique, but left the game with some concerns, especially with that first half. Terrible passing. So I... Let's let's start with that, and then we'll dive in into Cincinnati also. Um, one thing that happened um, last season a lot with Orlando is the lack of finish in the attacking play. And, um, you know, I have the stats from the actual when I went to cover. 
And uh, the first half, I wrote it right here, like zero shots on goal. Like the first half, there was zero shots on goal. Um, literally zero shots. Like, um, And uh, this New York team, uh, it wasn't also their best night, in my opinion. Uh, there were... There, there were I think a tougher team last year than than they shown um, against Orlando, and uh, in the second half, Orlando had only five shots on goal, and then obviously Facundo Torres's uh, penalty on goal, right? And uh, that I, I did brought that into Pareja's uh, attention, and he said, you know, we're just uh, happy with the win, and you know the concerns there, but we're trying to get better and people are going to gel, you know, it takes time to gel. And, you know, guys, it, it is, we're playing against, in my opinion, one of the, a really good team coming up Cincinnati. It's, it's not just any team. In my opinion, I think they're better. They have better weapons than, than New York city, New York Red Bulls right now. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of hope in Cincinnati for this team. They just won their first uh, season opener. Right um, after I think four defeats, I think I think it was. So there's a lot of hope for them. What were your thoughts on that first half, John? I mean, uh, I mean, point blank. Yeah, I mean, the, you said it right. There was there was all the build-up play, and there was no final ball. Like we just couldn't make that last pass or get the guy into space to make the shot, or the cross wasn't connecting, or the shot was off target. Just every phase of play seemed to end just without us getting the ball in a position where we could shoot. Some of that, I think, was down to Urchin Kara. Um, really, from him, I, I did not see a lot of efforts. I'm, I was a little bit concerned that they put him in. I think that he didn't really play at all at, you know, in the preseason. He's just been affected by what happened with his friend, Christian Atsu, back in Turkey. I didn't think it was the right move to start him. And I think he kind of showed that he was off the pace and he was a step behind in that hole that first half. Um, but not only that, I think Taras and Ojeda, they weren't really connecting at all in that first half either. It just kind of seemed very, the word like disjointed. There was a lot of attacking phases and a lot of plays that just ended in nothing. Um, and the Rebels should have, like, they should have capitalized on that. They should have gone down the other end. They should have scored another goal. And we got away with it. But if we play like that against Cincy that we did in the first half, they will score goals. They have much more attacking threat. And, and they will punish us for doing that. And, and not only that, I, I want to add, and I want to ask this to Laurel before I go to Paola. I mean, your back line, uh, Cincy's back line, to me, it's like top-notch with Mosquera. And, and Miasga, former Chelsea player. Um, I mean, I think, and Santiago Arias too, you know, just added another weapon right there as a right back. We actually mentioned Santiago Arias being available uh, here at the pod a few episodes back when the transfer market was still open. And, uh, you know, I, again, you know, I think Mikey Holiday is doing great, but Santiago Arias definitely showed why he played in Europe. So, what are your thoughts regarding, you know, I don't know if you saw the Orlando's game, but um, I mean, how can Orlando exploit that backline, which in my opinion, I think it's very tough. I think they have a better backline than New York uh, Rebels. That's really interesting to hear someone say that because the defense has been the weakness of FC Cincinnati for a while now, but it is a much improved backline. I think 
like you mentioned, Yersin Mascara, he's just so fast. Yeah. Um, Miazga is he's really locking things down in the middle. And then, uh, you know, Nick Haglund's been pretty solid. A lot of people didn't really expect much from him. He was kind of supposed to be the backup, the really the last four years he was yeah. supposed to be the backup and still ended he's, up he's your up. he's your Rodrigo Schlegel yeah so um <laughs> you know I think um where Orlando can probably exploit that defense is on going down the left so going down Orlando's right side of the attack so the left side for the defense with Alvaro Barrial um you know he's more of an attack attack minded yeah. he's more of a he's a winger really playing wing back and He's gotten a lot better defensively, but he gets pretty far up the field. And, you know, teams in the past have really taken advantage of that side of the ball. I think Yerson kind of helps because of his speed. He can cover a lot of ground. So kind of makes up for that. If, you know, Barrial gets sucked up into the attack and, you know, there's a counterattack, he'll be he'll be covering a lot of ground. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's still a little bit of a concern because they don't have a lot of depth on the back line. So if something happens, you know, I, I am a little worried. Matt Miazga's wife is pregnant and she is due oh. any day now. So Ooh. he, you don't know if he's going to be <laughs> when he's going to be gone. So um, if, if he's not in, then I, I would guess that Yerson's going to be in the middle and um, they'd have to put Ian Murphy, their only other center back as the left center back. But yeah, hopefully for FC Cincinnati's sake, maybe that happens earlier in the week, or I don't know how. I, I asked him last week. He's like, any day now. Can yeah, you schedule yeah. it? Wow. So it could be well, on I mean, Saturday then. It, I'm just yeah. kidding. Who knows? <laughs> it, could I mean, our, it could be an Orlando baby, right? If, if, she's over, if she moves, no, I highly doubt. Uh, no, no. no, I was just kidding. No, but um, definitely Matt Miazga he never got a shot at Chelsea and, and, and um, I think uh, now Chelsea is definitely probably thinking, Hmm, we should have maybe tried him out. They're doing so terrible right now. Um, Paola, I, I, to you, um, the first half, uh, what do you make out of the first half and defensively? I mean, I think that the, the, the shine bright, like a diamond moment of Orlando was Mikey holiday, the whole 90 minutes. Um, uh, how, how do you feel about that? I had PTSD of last season for, for sure. Cause we, like John said, we couldn't connect Ojeda and Faku. They were, they didn't look lost, but they couldn't break that defensive line of New York rebels at any moment in the first half. And I could see Ojeda a little bit lost because he's new and he's trying to see what this league is, you know, what it's all about. And Mikey was two or three times by himself in front of the, um, and the offensive line. So I don't know what happened. Um, I don't know if it, it was an oversight of them not looking at Mikey when he was available by himself because I caught him like two or three times. You can correct me if I'm wrong, John. I don't remember. But um, I I got PTSD on the first half. I was like, come on, team. I like it was a totally complete team of what we saw in the preseason. And it's fine. I'm kind of glad that we faced New York Red Bulls in the beginning of the season because we can correct some of the errors that we did and we're trying to see what we can improve and do ask Pareja like what happened and I saw his face like he was like uh talking to his assistant coach like we need to do something yeah. Yeah, and he, it, he, he was like 
like I saw his change of his face and I'm like, ooh, Luis asked a great question. So um so let's see what, what the boys are cooking for against Cincy this Saturday. And then uh, you know, going down in Cincinnati's lineup, you know, in my opinion, three very dynamic players. I was very impressed with uh the Nigerian international, Nigerian under 20, and I, I don't know if I'm murdering his last name, but uh and Wobodo. It's Obi. We call him Obi. And then Obi. Yeah, no, it's Nuobodo. 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 I said, there you go. I mean, he was uh, great. I mean, he's he's uh, definitely an attacking threat. And what I liked the most was his versatility in defense, too. Um, very tight with Acosta. I think him being so compact in transition was making Acosta going more in the attack and be more present. Um, you know, not worrying, oh, who's behind me? Because he knows that Moreno and, and Obi are right there. Um, what do you make out of now we're talking about um, the midfield onwards? Uh, what does Cincinnati have to offer? And what were some things that maybe impressed you against uh, Houston and things that maybe they could improve? Well, I mean, the Houston game really wasn't their, their best performance. Um, they had a ton of turnovers and... It just wasn't they if they would end up getting a turnover themselves, then they'd just give it right back. So you really couldn't see that attack come together. The attack is really the strength of this team with Renner, Vasquez, and, and Lucho. Um, those guys combined for 46 goals and 33 assists last year. And so, you know, for some reason it's just the passing wasn't wasn't there. Um, you know, even Nuobodo had some struggles. I he's been a great I think he was probably the most underrated signing for FC Cincinnati last year when he came in April he just locks things down defensively and um, against Houston it seemed like he was really I was surprised he was getting so far into the attack I think that's something that they he didn't have any goals last year and really I, I think he only ended up with six shots all of last year so I think they're intentionally trying to get him up the field a little bit more and you saw that against Houston uh, and then he ended up getting a goal. So um, it was nice to see him and then Sergio Santos get goals for FC Cincinnati because really a lot, all the conversation last year was those big three attackers getting all the goals. And, you know, where are these other goals going to come from if those guys are struggling? And so to see that early on, I think that was, that was a big deal for them. I don't know if we'll see Sergio starting or if Brenner is ready to, to go, if he'll be in there but um either way i I think that's just the strength is they've got really talented forwards and then lucho kind of ties it all together with just such a creative player and i know he was saying he's said before like sometimes he he feels like he's almost a step ahead of everyone he'll he'll (laughs) pass the ball thinking someone's going there and then he's he kind of throws his hands up like where were you (laughs) like i thought you were going there and uh i think it's just he's just such a talented player that even his teammates can't keep up with them now uh, we're talking about uh attacking prowess and you know obviously orlando city displayed um i think their surprise in my opinion i think he just wanted to play well this game it was ramiro enrique he just came in and he's like he looked in his eyes like determined to to cause some damage he just you know like i mean it was his first game and he was just looked like as if he's played in that position in, like in Orlando for a couple of seasons. 
what do you take out of that, John, um, against the Red Bulls? I mean, he did that that play uh, that was silky uh, right on the wing. I mean, uh, yeah. what do you make out of all of that? And Dunk, I mean, the Holland of the Harlan didn't make it, man. What's going on? Well, I mean, that's why I said I don't think I don't think Carr was ready. I don't think he'd seen enough time, and I think that showed. And then what happens? It showed even more when Enrique came on, and he was doing the things that Carr wasn't. Carr was not willing to run and chase the ball, and that's immediately what Enrique started doing. And he started putting pressure on the back line of the Red Bulls that they hadn't seen all game, and several chances he created basically just by being a good pressing forward, chasing down the ball, causing pressure and just being able to get the ball away and start an attack. That one in particular, Luis, where I think you're talking about where he ran up the left side of the field. Yeah, exactly. yeah like he pretty much created that. Out of he created that by, by himself. himself. So That's like, right. he, I think, smells blood in the water. I think he says, okay, well, Carr is the guy, but if, if he's not going to score and they're going to bring me on and then I score – If I start doing that, they're, they're going to put me in as the starting striker. So if he's that kind of guy where he's like a striker mentality where he says, I must get out there and score goals, then yeah, sure. He looks like it. I mean, he was running around like a little firecracker. You know, and, and a lot of people, uh, when I left the stadium um, on that day, they were like, hey, uh, He looks ready to start. <laughs> let's start him. Let's start him right now. And I was like, well, you know, and a lot of people were surprised that uh, Kara started because he, he, you know, I, I kind of in a way knew that he was going to start. Uh, I, I did mention it briefly, but I did it because, I mean, he's a D DP. I mean, and in a way, the league here, they, they always like to, you know, give the preference to the DP. But I just uh, don't think he had enough preseason. Mid. Like he looked... Yeah, not match fit, right? I don't think he was a hundred percent fit. Is what I'm saying. This is why I wouldn't have started him. Now, and and it's different. It's a different story with FC Cincinnati because Brenner, obviously, uh, uh, quite an attacker uh, in Sao Paulo, he killed it. Uh, I know for a fact uh, he was monitored by a lot of big teams in Brazil to to move in Europe. He, I guess he had a, there was a rumor a few months back about him maybe going into Serie A. Do, do you know anything about that, Laurel, uh, at all? Is that, is, that, is that real or is it just smoke bombs? No, it was real. Um, they wanted him. They, they just, FC Cincinnati wanted a little bit more than they were willing to, to offer. So that one didn't work out. Um, the one that ended up coming right at the end of the, Uh, transfer deadline was Nottingham Forest with the English oh, wow. Premier League, and that but that was an issue because it was going to be a loan, and FC Cincinnati wouldn't have been able to replace right. his DP spot if he ended up coming back. You know, they can't have they they would have had all their spots filled if they replaced him with another DP. So I don't think that they really wanted to. I don't think they were ready to replace him in the first place, but just I don't think the loan was the best option. And uh, I think that they kind of know that if he keeps on the track, I mean, he looked really good at the beginning of the preseason. Coach Pat Noonan talked about how early on he was just what you would expect, one of the best players in preseason and just looked really good. Um, so they're, I think they're kind of thinking if he can just pick up where he left off last year, you know, he scored his 18 goals over the last 20 games. So, um, 
had a really slow start last year because he missed all of preseason getting a green card. And then uh, wow. he ended up missing the last three weeks of this preseason because of some things that happened around that transfer falling through. He had taken some time away from training and then had a family issue come up. So he was away, which is why he didn't start last week. But uh, yeah, he'll be, he'll be a player to watch. And I think that I think he'll probably be gone this summer. Yeah, I mean, phenomenal player. And, you know, I, I do want to say the East right now, it's plagued with a lot of good strikers. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, Orlando has Ra Ra Ramiro Enrique, right? Um, and, you know, Erjan Cara. But what I'm talking about here is um, Enzo Copetti in Charlotte. Yeah, Brenner in Cincinnati, you know. And uh, one thing that Cincinnati did, in my opinion, was uh, finding a suitable backup for Brenner because I think Santos is right that type of player. Uh, very, uh, I would say, not the same type of attacker, but I want to say it's a very good um, backup, tactically speaking. He can definitely move like Brenner uh, in some instances, but also defend. Um, and I think that's one of the things that... Um, you know, FC Cincinnati is definitely a, a huge threat. Now, Paola, uh, what what do we have to do? Definitely, um, you know, attempt to neutralize FC Cincinnati and that attack that I'm talking about. Well, if Laurel said to us that one of the weakness for Cincinnati is the defense, we might break that defense line, the defensive line that we couldn't break against uh, the New York Red Bulls. And we can see Ojeda and Facu trying to find Kara. If Kara starts, that's a big question mark. I feel that he's going to start. Um, and then we're going to see the same switch with Ramiro at the half because he is brand new. He's trying to prove himself. If he continues like that in, in the future, he's going to be a starter. But if we can break those defensive line, Kara will receive more um, balls and, and see if he can uh, score a goal. So um, hopefully we can see that on, on Saturday present that we couldn't see it on in the last match. So hopefully the boys are practicing a lot that <laughs> this week uh, training. So let's see. So let's let let's do our our possible eleven for the game against Cincinnati. And if you John wanna wanna start, I mean, what would you like to see? I mean, I think Galese again saving us uh, right oh, at I mean, the end. MVP. Galese for sure. Yeah, I mean, no one else there. A question that I had this kind of ties into us laying out the formation because Cincinnati they're playing the three at the back with the wing backs. Is there a chance that Oscar goes, let's go like for like, and let's match them because we've been using that preseason. Were we preparing that for this Cincy game? Could that be what he does? Or do you think we're just going to stick with the four, two, three, one? I think maybe that's why he's been practicing it. This could be the scenario. So I want to throw that out to you guys and see what you think. Uh, I mean, personally, and then I'll give the Michael Laurel. I, I mean, I, you need to play Cincinnati conservatively with that type of attack. Um, just keep it classic. That's, that's the way I would do it. You know, um, four, out, four in the back, um, you know, four, four, two, if anything, or four, three, three, 
Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really. Well, some make people a lot argue of... that five at the back is like more. Right. I mean, if you want, if you, yeah, it depends right. how you how attacking you. Like if you put Angulo back there, right? Then yes, but, but if you put Mikey Halliday, a little different, right? So. Right, but then you know uh, what happens is it could happen like what Laura was saying with Cincinnati, right? I mean, um, what if one of your win backs is in La La Land and leaves a gap, and then you have a guy like Brenner exploding that side? Uh, he's not—he's going to punish you. Um, what, what are your thoughts regarding that, Laurel? Uh, do, do you see because Orlando's been playing the line, uh, you know, the line of three, uh, line of four? Uh, what, what do you think it would be a, a good? system for Orlando play against Cincinnati oh that's tough um yeah I mean I can see the like for like maybe making some sense but um I would just I mean if they're more comfortable with the four in the back I would say just probably that's I would probably just go with that to you want to play however you're most comfortable and then I don't know if they have someone um I don't know that's tough (laughs) I'm not giving a good no, hand here, guys. Sorry. A spanner in the works there, really. I was uh, These guys were not ready for that big question of what formation are we going to play. We thought we settled on the four at the back, which we probably are. Most likely that's what he's going to play. I'm just yeah. thinking, why were we doing it all preseason? Maybe, maybe there's a chance that's why he's doing it. It's because he wants to line up the same way against teams that also play three center back. Yeah, I mean that's that's a, I mean that's definitely a, a, an option. We can do both if you want. I mean, we can definitely dive in into into no, both. No, let's but, go with uh, the four. I'm just throwing high in the yeah, sky I ideas mean, at you. Thinking about it, the four probably makes sense because you're gonna have well, I don't, but Lucho gets so far up the field too that right. maybe the three center backs might make sense. But if you got someone with if you're on the four, like the wing backs go so, so far up the field too, mm-hmm. so you could have. I don't know. The four might make sense, but it, it kind of depends on their approach with Lucho, I think. Like, how they think the best way to neutralize I think the approach is Araujo. Exactly. Arajo. Cesar is going to be on so his you back. Play like this, yeah. and you just this say Araujo, follow him, and don't let him go anywhere. Yeah, I think it's going to be Cesar Araujo, which, I mean, he had a... I mean, he had a... I mean, compared to last season, I think he was... I think Mauricio was, in my opinion, in the passing, a little sloppy, uh, I would say. Uh, Araujo was picking up a lot of the the broken uh, plates, in my opinion, uh, from, from Mauricio. Um, and you didn't really see him uh, try to go into the attack. He was very defensive-oriented on the game against uh, the Red Bulls. Uh, and another one that really surprised me, and we'll, we'll touch on this too, is Ojeda, right? I expected... Uh, Ticking time bomb, like, let's go. Like, because uh, the way he's been playing in preseason, it was link up with Facundo, link up with Angulo, link link up after link up after link up, all three in the middle. And then come, I, I want to. Disappeared. I want to say he was nervous. Uh, I mean, I don't know what you think about that, John. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like we talked about, you know, we, we expect great offseason automatically equals great team equals instant results. It doesn't work that way. You got to have a little bit of time for these guys to gel together. And so I think that's what we saw in that first half was a perfect example of, you know, you've got last year's star in Facundo Torres, and then you've added in another big presence in the field in Martin Ojeda. And those two guys have to figure out 
how they want to play together and how they want to work with the rest of the team, like Mauricio Pereira and Gulo. So it, it takes a little bit of time to figure that out. It's not going to be instant. And I, I also agree that Ojeda was maybe, you know, that first game, it's a little bit nervy and, you know, he maybe didn't look as comfortable as we'd have hoped him to look. So guys, do we, do we think this is going to be the, I mean, I'm, I'm just pretty much putting the, Last um, games uh, starting eleven. I mean, it's gonna be the know. same. It's not gonna be. I don't see any changes. Actually, I will. I will go like this. Actually, like and like Jensen that. to the other way. I think it is. And yeah, Rodrigo yeah, swap. Yeah. It. There you go. Yeah, yeah Jensen's left footed. They like him on the yeah. left side. That's right. Yeah. So Rodrigo, Jensen, Sobi, Galese, Holiday, Rodrigo, Jensen, Petrasso, and then you know Mauricio playing as a number eight with Cesar Araujo. There as a six, Ojeda as your, you know, number 10. And then two uh, wings. Uh, you got Angulo and Faku. Angulo on the left, Faku on the right. Now, um, the good thing about that I really like about Orlando City's uh, line of four was Holiday and Petrasso. I actually thought Petrasso was going to have some struggles, I'll be honest with you. I have zero faith for my boy Luca Petrasso, and uh, he definitely shut me up. I mean, he definitely shut me up. I mean, he was not maybe the most like technical and, and and silky, like maybe Santiago Arias, right? In his position, somebody that has the poise to go into the attack, but also retreat very well uh, in, in European level. Uh, but he was tactically sound and he had the speed to go back and defend and, and be right there. He was definitely a presence out in the back, and it, it really made the wings for for the Red Bulls uh, difficult. And then, obviously, the same was for Mikey Holiday, which impressed me tremendously. And I think uh, I'm going to give this to John. John John definitely called it um, for Mikey Holiday. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he he showed why he should be in the team, and you know, he's going to continue to do that. And I think actually, what was interesting was perhaps some of those chances that were created by the Ripples in the first half were more to blame, I would say, on Jansen and Rodrigo than they were on Petrasso and Holiday. So you got the young guys who everyone was a little bit worried about bailing out the, you know, more experienced center backs. Now, like, that's great. Like, that's exactly what I want to see from these guys is they're mature enough to be able to help out and cover and be in the right position like that positioning is something that's very difficult as a fullback very difficult in defense on the whole and i feel like rodrigo and jensen sometimes got that wrong whereas Petrasso and holiday their positioning all game was was awful and laurel uh, what do you make out of out of this lineup of orlando city i mean they, i mean we're talking about pretty much the same lineup that lined up against the red bulls so it's probably more than likely would but it has going to go and 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 try to put on the against Cincinnati on Saturday. Um, what do you make out of, you know, the three in the middle, right? Angulo, Heida, Faku, and then maybe Arjun Kara. What is your take on Orlando? Yeah, I mean, this is very helpful, actually, to me, because I did watch, uh, I only watched the first half, and then I watched the highlights so I could see the penalty and everything. But um, I was having a hard time on the broadcast picking out who was who <laughs> right. from that far camera angle at times. So, this I you know, this is helpful. But, yeah, I mean, that that midfield looks pretty strong. Um, like I said, I mean, the midfield for FC Cincinnati is, um, I think they're better than what they showed on Saturday with all the turnovers and things. But, you know, if those guys can 
can put pressure on FC Cincinnati, then I don't know if that's something they're susceptible to is the turnovers. But um, yeah, I mean, that could be a, a starting a strength for Orlando there. Now, uh, and I'm going to throw this to, to, to Paula. Obviously, the captain is Mauricio Pereira, right? Now, what do you make out of Pareja deciding to put Cartagena in minute 90? I mean, uh, wouldn't wouldn't we want to see, just what Laura was saying, right? If, if you're trying to exploit um, Cincinnati's, uh, you know, uh, kind of being sloppy with the ball at times, why don't you put somebody like Cartagena that is good at, you know, doing that, you know, trying to recouping the ball defensively? Um, would you maybe rest Mauricio in the first half? Would you do that? Or am I being too... Uh, Am I being too harsh? A little bit too harsh, but I would start Mauricio and then probably not wait until the 90th minute to um, put Cartagena on. Remember, the following week, we're going to Mexico and they need to, if they want to win Mexico, they need to rest legs there. So I will put a little bit earlier and sub, sub Mauricio if it, it all depends. And, and I think how is going on the first half, then Papi will choose what to sub in one minute. Hopefully he's not in the 90th. Um, we see it much way much earlier for Maori because he needs to rest if they want to utilize him for Mexico. So excellent. Let's read some comments. Uh, let's see. Would love to have uh, Antonio Carlos available for this weekend. I think don't we all? <laughs> we would love to have him back. I highly doubt it. It, it. He's still questionable, so uh, we'll we'll try to monitor that uh, in a few days. Joshua Tall, will Antonio Carlos be available to play? Uh, we don't know yet. We'll find out probably in the next few days. Uh, when will Gaston be available to play? I think he's ha still having some issues with his visa. He's so. back. He's oh, back. He's back already. Yep, and okay. he he doesn't hold an international spot anymore. So, so he's gonna have some minutes then. That's fantastic. That's great news. <laughs> So uh, just to help out Laurel uh, right here, so he would be the maybe change of pace for Ivan Angulo on the left wing. Uh, Gaston Gonzalez, he played in Argentina in Union, in Union de Santa Fe uh, last season. Uh, he was really good, top in his former club, I think. And uh, unfortunately, he had a torn, uh, torn ACL uh, injury. Um, the last game before traveling to Orlando, his, in his farewell farewell game, somebody uh, knocked him out, and yeah, and so he came uh, already to do rehab here to to Central Florida. So um, so that would be Gaston Jimenez. Let's let's read uh, some comments here. Uh, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of guys arrived late to the preseason. Says E Tromic. Uh, it says that's a sweet triangle in the middle. It says Hutch. Thank you so much. Uh, Banjo, the question is, how long do we wait to sub off Kara if he plays the same as last week? Uh, that's a that's a John question. I think um, he, I mean, I think we should just make the changes right away. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, keep keep giving Kara a chance. I don't, I'm not gonna rule him out after one game, sure, right. but give him 60 minutes. You know, like like Paula says, he's the he's the DP. You know, he, he does the, – the, the thing that frustrates me about Carr is that he doesn't look like he's putting in a lot of effort, and that's what annoys fans. 
Like if you if you're Tesho and you run for 90 minutes but you can't score, you know, we're still going to love you when you score that one goal. But if you don't run and you don't put in the effort, people are just going to be frustrated with you from the start. So it kind of looked to me like, I don't want to use the word lazy. He just looked like off the pace. So if he looks off the pace again, then he's coming off in 60 minutes for sure. And Enrique is going in. And, you know, the other thing is, why not? Where is Duncan McGuire? You know, like he looked good right. in the preseason. Like, yeah, he, he looked does, really, does really Poppy impressive. just think like he's not ready at all and that he doesn't want to play him yet? Because... Um, you know, I would say, why not even bring Enrique on to play instead of Angulo, like sub Angulo out and play Enrique on the wing. He can clearly play on the wing, yeah. good running down the wing. And then, you know, put Duncan on as well and put both those guys on. Like, why not? I don't see the downside if Kara isn't, you know, performing. And I think Maguire, because of his, his size, um, he would be, my opinion, uh, I mean, Kara is also big, but... I mean, I think the way Maguire has been playing very physical in preseason, he he will be a, definitely a headache for Miazga. I think uh, he will be able to definitely have some friction. Now, Miazga has also been uh, very um, volatile when it comes to responding to aggression sometimes with some cra- crazy yellows. And, and it's kind of like a Robin Jensen, which I want to say I called it, you know, and in the predictions. Is it who's gonna get the most, <laughs> the most yellow cards of the season? Uh, Robin Jensen. Yeah, so to start it off, he heard that he was on target to become most yellow cards, and he said, "Okay, I'll I'll get that award." Yeah, but I mean, he had no other choice if, if you think about it, because Rodrigo was leaving some huge gaps, and I guess that's one thing that I would say to Laurel that like, you get you you have to exploit if those two, Rodrigo and Mauricio, are really not in here uh they are going to leave some spaces and that's where brenner likes to shoot from from distance from you know but you know right 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 uh, outside the box that's where santos also you know can cut through um so uh, that's that's one thing and jansen tries to do double duty sometimes and he gets into into trouble <laughs> so um so now uh, let's switch it to Laurel. Uh, let's let's do the the eleven for FC Cincinnati. You, your starting eleven. How would you start against this Orlando, Orlando City team? I think it's going to be pretty much the same lineup as last uh, week against Houston. Last... But I'm gonna, I think I think Brenner starts. I just Santos is so fast and has injury history. I think they have to be careful with him. And I don't think he's. I think he's more of a spot starter and. You know, if Brenner's ready to go, he, you know, Santos kind of becomes the super sub. So uh, I would put Brenner and Vasquez up top. If you're doing that. Yep, yep. And then Lucho there in the middle. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll fix it. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. They're going to, it's basically going to be, you can either put it as yeah, a three. It's five. It's a it'll five, be either right? a, a three. Yeah. Let's see, a three, four, one, two is kind of how it ends up looking. A lot of people call it a three, five, two, but the way they set it up is, I think even the team calls it a three, five, two, but it seems more like a three, four, one, two. So Acosta would be up there um, where you've got, yeah. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> and then Moreno and Obi there in the middle with them. 
Moreno right here. Hold on. Sometimes he likes to move. <laughs> and then here, here we'll see the the three in the back. So I think it was uh, Mosquera, Miasga, and Haglan, right? So, do you believe Hagelin has improved? A lot of people give him a hard time. I think he has improved tremendously. I he think has a lot. He he has a lot of heart. Uh, every time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, definitely heart is probably the best way to describe. Him. <laughs> I mean, and his work ethic and just he just I, he puts everything out there and so you know he knows that he's not the superstar player he knows his weaknesses and i think he just makes up for it with just i mean he's he just gives it everything he can so he'll still have mistakes but i mean he runs faster than you think he can at times like i don't know. i think yeah. he's just been he's been steady he's been their most consistent they can always count on him he's he's not hurt he's He's just the the kind of player that you you want on your team. Yeah, and, and he reminds me of an old school English English center back. Like he just yeah. goes out there and does the hard graph and just like puts in a <laughs> like I don't need to make any fancy passes. I'll win the ball back and lay it off to this guy. He just does a very hard job. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to describe it. So this is how FC Cincinnati could. Uh, I'm not. I'm forgetting the keeper. Jeez. Oh, Salantano. Salantano. Yeah. 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 Um, and so Salantano as a goalkeeper, you have uh, Arias, Santiago Arias, uh, Haglan, Miasga, Mosquera, Barreal, uh, two in the mid, Moreno and Obi uh, as your ten Acosta. And then Brenner and, and Basquez up top, which it's a dangerous. Like if you're playing, if you're if you if you join our fantasy league, which we'll have the link before we go, we're gonna put the link right in the comments. I have Vasquez in my fantasy league. I mean, uh, Brendan Vasquez, he's me he's, too. He yeah. only got us two points. What happened, yeah. with Laurel? I don't know, Laurel. What happened? Uh, he had a couple breakaways. <laughs> he should have at least had one of those goals, but. I don't know. Just the whole team looked off. Really, I mean, even Pat Noonan in his post game said that there were really only a few players that stood out to him, and I think he's exactly right. I would say Celentano, Arias, um, Barial played really well, and then I mean, Obi was was pretty good. But I mean, it yeah. I mean, those are the only ones I would really say stood out. Um, so. I mean, I think it's a much better team than what we saw on Saturday. So it'll be interesting to see how they look against Orlando. Because like what you were saying about Orlando, where it's early, you know, you just don't know. And especially watching Orlando against New York Red Bulls, I think that's such a hard team to – the the way Red Bulls play, it's yeah. so hard Depressed. to – Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like any other team you see. So kind of don't really know what – they you don't give you any window. time to build up the play. And that's yeah. why we couldn't like we need to get going a little bit. So yeah. They they stop all of our rhythm. That's like the worst thing for us. Yeah, and and it was very apparent. I mean, and and bringing bringing to that point, uh Paola, out of this lineup for Orlando City, we already know this is probably how Cincinnati possibly could start based on Laurel's uh, assessments here. Um what would be the first few changes? Let's say it's nil-nil at the half. 
Don't jinx it. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> nil nil at the half, right? Nil and, nil on the half. Like, I, would... I, mean, I mean, what changes would you make? I mean, I already have my three, but you 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 can go ahead and. Kara, Kara, and Ramiro again change that pace if the okay. worst case scenario. Real um, Enrique right here. Yep. Okay, so you'll change Kara for Enrique, okay? And then, hmm, I'm thinking here. I would have the the line the the defense. Uh, a funny a funny thing. Well, not funny, but Pareja uh, took out Faku and put Smith because we were in defense mode. So I'm not gonna put Smith for via for Faku so at the 50 we minutes. The three at the back when he did that. Right. Yeah, right. It, it was, was like, switch. Yeah, he's done it was the switch. Faku special, and he's put three center backs in. Yep. Yeah. Um, the other one will be um, thinking ahead of the future, right? And we're thinking about winning. Mexico all depends um I will take out Mauricio and put a little bit of breast um Cartagena put put it there and um I will put Ojeda on the bench and put uh Dagger Dan same exact tactic on on Saturday I think Dagger Dan put a little bit of the pressure there for the Red Bulls and that helped us a little bit more and Let's say if Kara doesn't move, as soon as possible, put Enrique because we need Enrique again, his speed. But I think we can, we're going to see more of passes throughout the first half to Kara. I'm not because, like Laurel said it too, Red Bulls are a press team. They're defensively, and we saw it last Saturday. So, again, that's that's why I'm glad that we started with that team and we can see okay these are the changes that we need to make in the, in the beginning of the season. So hopefully, fingers crossed, I got hope for Kara for this Saturday. If not, <laughs> bye bye, Enrique, you're up. Well, I mean, what I would do honestly, uh, and then we'll read your comments in just a moment. Um, uh, I, so first and foremost, we're talking about we're facing two great strikers in my opinion. Like I have a huge regard for Brenner and since, since he first came into the league um, and uh, even people in Brazil were like Cincinnati, they didn't even know how to pronounce Cincinnati. They're like, oh, you know, and I was like, no, it's, it's a huge team. You know, they have, uh, you know, Chile, right? Uh, Cincinnati, Chile, right? Right. Cincinnati, Chile. It's, I've yeah, had it. Some, sky, some skyline, <laughs> some, some skyline, right? Skyline, Skyline Chile. And um, what I would do is, you know, nil-nil. Let's say it's minute 75, nil-nil. And I'm like, you know what? You see Brenner. You see Rodrigo a little bit tired. Here you go. Um, first and foremost, I'll have Cartagena. That's going to be my first, my first sub. Because he can also go here. And we've seen him go right here. And then Araujo will be right here. And then Dagger Dan, I think it would be a great defensive minded in a way going into the attack. And then the formation will go into a five, four, one. And then there, in my opinion, you definitely put a block. So you're talking about good luck going through Jensen, Cartagena and Dagger Dan fresh. 
right? Fresh. And then Araujo, which is like an energizer bunny when it comes to marking players. Um, I think that's a good strategy. Now, I believe when it comes into the attack, I will bring, um, I will not experiment right now. I think Angulo's hot. Leave him, leave him right now. Gaston's still kind of getting back. Maybe we can have him for the next game. I will keep Angulo right there. Uh, if that's what he so choose. And then uh, Ramiro Enrique, I will put him on top if, if Kara is not performing or, or have, on doing any threat at all. Uh, because one thing that we saw about Enrique as well, and I want to say this, is that he, he, was, he was there hustling for the ball. He was, he was trying to recoup the ball. He was trying to take it away from, from the winbacks for, for the Red Bulls. Um, he, he was being uh, like going back and forth. So I think, I think, I think this will be my, my, my options uh, in cases nil-nil, minute 75. I think um, we should not have a sub at the 90th minute. Unless obviously we have this under the uh, on the bag and it's two nil Orlando, um, then if you want to make a, a ninety minute substitution, go ahead. Come acquire at the ninetieth minute. Right. Come on, <laughs> he, wants, he needs some minutes. Like, even if it's at the ninetieth, I'll take it. And if he scores at the ninetieth minute, that says a lot, right? I mean, and oh, and I want to give. He only needs one minute. That's it. Like he'll prove it. It's fine. Now. I want to ask you too, um, Laura. One one thing: when it comes to on the one on the one v one, I remember Haglund having a tough time against very one v one silky type of players. Like Ramiro Enrique is one of them. So right now, it, it, this is my prediction: nine twenty eight p.m. February the twenty seventh on Monday. If Ramiro Enrique is one v one against Haglund on the box, it'll be a penalty. We, uh, that's just I don't know I don't know where are your thoughts regarding that Laurel am, am I being too <laughs> no he does make some I mean he does have to make up he gets beat and then he'll get back but sometimes it leads to a you know not smart foul I think he's gotten better with that um but yeah I I guess when I was saying that they're going to exploit that left side you could also I guess say the same thing about attacking Hagland um that could be another Thing that Orlando can do, can take advantage of. And something that we saw last Saturday, Laurel, is that Enrique and Angulo, they were pressing in that area. So we probably can see that next Saturday. And I was super sad Enrique um, when Enrique got the ball and was with um, Tolkien 101 and then he passed the ball and then he uh. went to a Oh man, that was a big miss. And Faku, he was by himself next to him. Probably he didn't see him, but that was our second chance to go and score a second goal. But um, kudos for Ramiro. He just got here. He, I think this is the second week that he's been in yeah. Orlando. So he's yeah. going to be big. And um, people underestimated him because when we saw him in preseason, people were like saying, oh, he's small. He doesn't have, you know, that bulk um build um for a forward but he can hustle and he has speed and that's what the team needs right now and um i want to give the mic to john john what what subs would you make um yeah i mean i think i think we're gonna see that going to the three at the back like we did you know if we're winning one up or two up we're definitely gonna see that change uh, i think cartagena could be that center back to come in 
Um, I think the other guy that we might see in the midfield at that point, based on what you were saying, that you need someone to just work hard and chase people down, is Felipe. We haven't seen him yet. Um, and, you know, yep. he's an experienced Austin. MLS guy that we can just throw yeah. in. And if we need someone to go in and say, close this game out, go chase down guys with our own. The butcher. Felipe could be the dude for that. The other thing is, you know, maybe maybe we see Gaston finally to get some minutes. Um because, you know, he is here, he has been training, he's probably fit enough to play 20 minutes, so, like, throw him on for 20 minutes. Uh, and then, again, you know, Enrique, for sure, will come on for, for Car if, if he's not performing. Do you think Faco will be playing the all 90 minutes? <laughs> uh, I mean... I, I, I wouldn't take him out. Like, you could make yeah. more than three subs. So, like, people forget that. You know, if I, he's hot, I think, take I him. No, don't take it. Yeah. But, again, we're playing in Mexico. And if we want that win mentality, we don't know. We might see some change, like, five changes for this game if we have it win. I don't know. There's a lot of questions that not, has not been answered last Saturday. So, let's see what happens. Oh, that's right. Let's read some comments. Uh, Banjo, I kind of like the idea of taking off Angulo for Gaston Enrique. Uh, Gaston and Enrique and let uh, Maguire take over the Carol role. Brett Carl says, add Gaston. There you go. I think, uh, John, answer your prayers, my friend. Flex, Cartagena, un desastre. This is a disastrous Cartagena. Oh, my God. Uh, positive vibes. <laughs> Look like we'll need Enrique sooner than sooner in the game. It says Hutch. Thank you so much, my friend. Sweep the leg, um, Johnny. <laughs> John's 100% correct, says Banjo. And Joshua Tall gives a thumbs up. So, you know, uh, it's definitely going to be a, a tough game against Cincinnati. I think uh, it's going to be uh, quite a test. Now, the question that I asked the whole panel, um, will Orlando go two wins at home back-to-back? How, how long has it been since the last back-to-back win at home? Last season was the worst home record, I think, in, in a long time since Christ, in my opinion. I don't know, uh, John. Yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities between our squad and the Cincinnati squad. I think where we are in our life cycles as soccer teams is extremely similar. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for Cincinnati. I want to say to Laura, I think that they're a team yeah. like us that was built on a fan base and they're not just some, some bot team, not, not referencing anyone in particular. <laughs> but you might know who we refer to. Um, so I have a lot of respect for them. And I think we find ourselves in the same scenario, right? Like since the I perspective, I think should be a top yeah. three or four team in Definitely. the East and we should be this a top year. three or four team. It, for me, it's like who's behind Philly. And this game has a lot on the line to kind of claim those higher ranking spots in the East. So it's uh, interesting that it's so early in the season. And I think it's very difficult one to call. I do think we have maybe if we play the four, two, three, one, we have an advantage in the midfield with the numbers because just Lucho and like three guys there with playing with two strikers, sometimes you can get an overload when you play a formation with more midfielders. So I think that could be an advantage. I think we're going to have more time on the ball than we did against the Rebels, like we discussed. I think it's going to be a 2-1 victory to Orlando. That's what I'm going to go for. 2-1 that's, that's victory. That's kind of hopeful. I can see it quite easily being a draw, but 
two one for us is what I'm going to go for. Okay, um, Laurel, I don't want to put you on the spot. Uh, what would you say would be your your prediction score? Well, I mean, I think that <laughs> FC Cincinnati can score goals. So yeah, um, I just I don't know. I'm having a hard time reading this Orlando team. So. I'm going to take the easy. <laughs> I'm just going to say 2-2 draw. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, okay, I'll take I it. I don't know. At, you know. But, you know, watching that Red Bulls game, seeing the one shot on goal, when I was thinking 2-2, I was like, well, maybe they can't score. Like, maybe it's going to be a win for Cincinnati. I mean, I think it could be a win for Cincinnati. But um, I don't think they're quite to the form that they want to be yet. they still got some things to figure out and – so I'm going to say 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Paola. I'm going to say 2-1. And this is if the defense is sharp and the offensive line can pass and they can shoot the ball. If we see what we saw in the first half on Saturday, we're screwed. So, like I said, they better be practicing in the trainings this week. If not, Laurel is going to be a tie. So let's see what happens. We saw a lot of offensive um, plays on the on the preseason, but we are the same. We're trying to figure out a lot of stuff that we haven't. Half of the team is new, so they're trying to, you know, gel, um, be with each other and blah, blah, blah. But it's going to be tough. It's hard to read, too. I will say I'm going to be optimistic 2-1 if everything is sharp. I want to see a phenomenal game attacking-wise. I think Orlando has a lot of uh, – as in, uh, it's kind of like uh, – I'm referring to Drago Ball Z right here. It's like Gohan, right? It's sleeper power, you know? Like, And then you have you know Cincinnati already, two proven strikers, you know, like Brenner and uh, Brendan Vasquez. I think we're going to see a, 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 a drama – uh, of of a match, I think Cincinnati is going to start winning two nil, and then we turn. I'm hoping for a turnaround, like Disney movie ending, right? Quoting uh, this is we're in Orlando, right? Uh, three two or three two Orlando, explore erupts, right? The wall, you know, all that stuff. So you know, uh, I would love to see a, a a game with with five goals. I think uh, both teams have the the opportunities to definitely uh, produce that. So hopefully that you know that's I mean, hopefully a game that's it. Like that could easily go three two Cincy. You know that's yeah. the kind of game we're talking two. about. That, that's two. Yeah, um, that that you're completely right about that. And again, you know, great 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 players up up top. And I wanted to you know before we close uh, again, I wanted to thank uh, Laurel for being with us today. And uh, obviously, it won't be the the last time uh, that we have you over, uh, we definitely enjoyed, uh, you know, you coming over here. Uh, and thank you for, for accepting our invitation uh, to come to Loud and Proud. Uh, you can find uh, Laurel. Uh, here's her, you know, her her outlet, Queen City Press. Uh, QueenCityPress.net. Um, all the info for FC Cincinnati is available here as well. I don't know if you want to give your, your social media. I know I have your Twitter as well correct yeah uh, yeah i'm on twitter and 
So my my website, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. I haven't updated the homepage. <laughs> I oh, yeah. it's through Patreon. So I update Patreon, and I always forget. Um. I have to go back and change the order <laughs> of the stories on there. So, um, but yeah. So uh, Queen City Press is a site, and then I'm on Twitter. Uh, it's just my name. So at Laurel Thaler, and uh, and then Queen City Press, and then there's like an underscore because somebody has taken that Queen City Press, and they're not using it. So. Yeah. Had to add the little underscore. Yeah, there you go. Everybody go and follow Queen City Press and, and Laurel. Um, you know, a great outlet. A lot of, you know, the best stuff, uh, the best coverage for FC Cincinnati for sure. That's one of the reasons why, you know, we invited her because we wanted you guys to have the best content possible. That way we can get uh, definitely a, a, a true in-depth idea of how this FC Cincinnati team is going to definitely going to play. So. I want to thank Laurel for being with us. Any last last words you guys want to say, uh, John? Uh, no, just uh, other things that happened around MLS that were interesting. The St. Louis City. I can't oh know if God. I'm saying that right. I think it is St. Louis City. They're very important about the city. They had a crazy game against Austin where they won 3-2. And you got to go back and uh, watch what Alexander Ring did. He made the worst back pass of all time for one of those goals. So congratulations to them on winning their opening MLS game. That's never easy to do. Also Philly with the big four, one win over uh, Cincinnati was showing that they're really, you know, dominant. Um, speaking of MLS and the fast, you guys should sign up for our fantasy league. Uh, yep. Luis, I'm sure you can share the details of that on the screen. Yeah, I'm uh, sharing it right now. Hold on one second. I'm putting it right now. Boom, and it was right Philly here. against, wasn't it NYCFC? No, true? I think it was Philly, Philly against uh, Cincinnati. No, no. Sorry, Sorry not Cincinnati. The other <laughs> Ohio team, Columbus. <laughs> okay, my Ohio team is mixed up. Columbus. Oh, Columbus. Uh, Columbus. Which, yeah. Which, yeah. You know, under Wilford Nancy could be a very good team this year, and they, they beat them 4-1. So they got to get their act together. Uh, other interesting results, D.C. over Toronto 3-2. So, you know, this Toronto team not having a great start. And Atlanta, uh, you got to watch out for Thiago Amada. That guy scored two goals in the 80-something minute for Atlanta. Very dangerous. Definitely. Uh, I'm sending the link uh, for the league so everyone here in the chat could join the league. Uh, right now, I want to give a shout-out to – let me pull up the – right here. Um, I want to give a shout out to let's see the teams damage k16 that's my team i i 80 sports bob bob antimiglia uh red bulls um when i say hello to him bob thank you so much dan larea uh, then you got uh Allende sauce <laughs> uh facundo torres lucas cc rogero um uh, flores purple logan sharp and city zone Tommy, come on, city. Thank you so much uh, for joining the league so far. Uh, it's welcome for everyone to join. Uh, I just sent uh, the link right there on the on the comment section. Uh, feel free to join. And uh, I want to, again, uh, thank uh, Laurel for being with us today. Paola, anything you want to add? Um, Absolutely. So tomorrow, follow us in my Spanish podcast, Tiro de Esquina. Um, we're going to record the episode 15 talking about what happened last um saturday follow us on social media at tiro de esquina oc um i put a little vlog in instagram of what happened to the tailgate funny story my microphone was 
off. So when I was interviewing people, it was off, but I did a voiceover. So it's kind of, you know, saying what they were saying in the microphone because I remember. <laughs> so um, follow us. That's our Twitter right there. That's our new logo. Shout out to Moraima. She yeah, designed it and exactly. she uh, drew it. Um, so Tiro de Esquina OC, that's the same user um, name for Instagram. Follow us so you can see the video that I just uploaded um, earlier today. So you can see the tailgate, what we did in the tailgate celebration, the typho, that it was amazing. If you didn't see the typho oh, yeah. on Saturday, you can see the crocodiles eating a flamingo and a, and a trophy. <laughs> so I don't know about that, but it was amazing. So follow us. Thank you for your support. And vamos, Orlando. Vamos, Orlando, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Laurel. Appreciate it. Thank you, Laurel. Thank you for having me. I hope to join you again sometime in the future. Yep. We'll Thanks. Good luck on Saturday. Have a good one. Thanks. Good luck. Bye. Hi, this is Luis Carlos Pineda from Loud and Proud Orlando. I want to thank you for listening to us through Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Help us grow our Purple community by following us on all our social media outlets. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're also available on YouTube as Loud and Proud Orlando. We're available on Instagram as Pineda underscore O-R-L. We're available on Facebook as Loud and Proud Orlando and on Twitter as LPO underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening and vamos Orlando. Thank you.